Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash FutureInvestor slash radio. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports show, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Scarlett Fu. And I'm Damien Sassauer. Michael Barr is off today. We have a great guest in studio. So, Michael, you missed out because... Joe Mowgli is here. There we go. Joe is a friend of the show. He's back I'm, to help us I'm get I'm excited ready. to be here. Joe, you're going to get us ready for March Madness. And for our audience, Joe is the former chairman of the board and CEO at TD Ameritrade which covers the business angle in business of sports. And he was also the head football coach at Coastal Carolina, which obviously covers the sports in business of sports. And Joe Moglia currently is chair of athletics at Coastal Carolina and executive advisor to the president at that institution. And Coach Moglia has written a few pieces lately about the state of the NCAA tournament and his thoughts on NCAA leadership with the former Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker stepping in as president. Let's get to it. Uh, Coach Joe Moglia, thank you for joining us today. Scarlett, I'm happy to be here. So you've written a couple of pieces and you feel very strongly that the NCAA needs the Power Five, the, the top conferences in college football, but you question whether the Power Five need the NCAA. State your case. Well, I think the, the, with regard to the Power Five, I think the, the most powerful thing that winds up going on in college sports is what's going on with regards to college football, the FBS, uh, the FBS in general, but Power Five specifically. And the amount of money that's generated just from the TV contracts that each of the five large conferences sign is gargantuan. I mean, literally gargantuan. For example, the Big Ten, probably today, each team in the Big Ten last year received a check for about $70 million. That's true if you're Rutgers, it's true if you're Ohio State. $70 million once a year just for football. They renegotiated that with, with, with the television contract, and by 24, 25, 26, that number's gonna be closer to $100 million. This is just for football, mm -hmm. not counting the, the, the college playoffs or any of that. So from an NCAA perspective, certainly they want to be as involved as they can with regards to college football, especially Power Five, but with that amount of money, the NC, the, the, the Power Five schools and FBS in general, but Power Five specifically, does not need does need not the need NCAA. the NCAA. The, the um, uh, to, if, if I can add to the point, I, I believe a couple of years ago when the NIL was announced, it's the most significant thing that happened in the history of college sports, by far, and the NCAA was nowhere. No, it nowhere pretended to be it found. wasn't basically nowhere to be found, mm -hmm. and that that was pretty much it. I think. I mean, to make that type of mistake is one of the most horrific examples of leadership I could possibly imagine. But that's also so, that allowed college athletics to say, you know, what, we really don't need you that much, especially when we've got that much money over here. So, so that's kind of the backdrop. So, Joe, I, I mean, so Mark Emmert has left the NCAA with a credibility crisis. There's no question there. What does Charlie Baker need to do? to right the ship? I think, I think number one, um, I, I think Charlie's a politician and I can appreciate why he got the job. Um, so I'm sure he's up to speed in terms of everything that's going on. I'm sure he's up to speed with regards to his challenges. 
I have no doubt that his head and his heart are in the right place in terms of next <laughs> steps and what they're going to try to do and the way they're going to try to cultivate the Power Five schools. But the Power Five schools, I have no doubt, will be very, very polite. They will listen, frankly, but I think they're going to be passive-aggressive. The Power Five are not going to do anything, mm-hmm. period, unless it's in their best interest. Mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. Charlie's a politician. If I'm a politician, I, well, I'm not a politician. So Charlie's a politician, though. He's, he's used to compromise. Uh, he's used to give and take. And a politician would always put themselves, if they saw what was going to happen in the future, they would put themselves in the best position to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. I was actually having, uh, I, I met the other day to talk about this with the Knight Commission. And they, they, they feel similarly. I would recommend to Charlie that he anticipate this is going to happen and he gets ahead of it and he actually suggests to the NCAA that that Power Five or FBS should be separate from the NCAA. They should they should have their own self governing body and they they and they should run their operate their own operation. Well, well, well. By so, doing that, so what by, does that by, look by, like? By, yeah, I mean, so yeah, they'd but, have their own executive committee. I mean, take us through that. What's that structure okay, so, look like? So the uh, the what 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 I what I would in order for it to work, they have to have their own executive committee. Right. The executive committee needs to be high. First of all, I think it's got to be people that's not affiliated with a particular school or a particular conference because they have too much of a conflict of interest. But there are enough really, really talented people in the United States for the for the college football to be able to find the two or three people for an executive committee that they really believe in, that they hire, that they pay. Mm-hmm. But one of those people have to be the CEO. Right. Mm-hmm. And the commitment then is that group has one responsibility to do whatever they believe is in the best interest of college football. Hold on, is that is that going to be the mandate? That's exactly where I'm going here, Joe. Is their mandate, would it have to be to do what's in the best interest of college football or in the best interest of the university, the college institution itself, which again is a institution of higher education first and foremost. Two different things. Yeah, I mean, how do you set the bar there? Like, what I, is the mandate, you know? like, And, and will these schools... Yeah all be on the same page. I mean, we're talking the Big Five. There's a lot of yeah. different schools with, yes. you know what I'm saying? Yes. So, Damien, I think it's a great point. But I think, you know, frankly, in any of these situations, I don't care what kind of leader you are, you know, there's got to be a balance, right? right? So you right. can't just come in, I'm going to take care of college football, and I'm not going to worry about the institute. You're not going to get the job if that's your approach. Of course. So they're going to expect, what's in the best of college football as long as it's also in the best interest of the institutions relative to football, right. not the institution relative to any other sport or anything right. else going on. So, uh, and, so, so very so, difficult. So, it's a very difficult to mandate, right? I mean, I guess this is also the problem. Like, what's to prevent that body from becoming another NCAA in disguise? Well, I, oh, that, I, I, I want to take a step back for a yeah, moment yeah. here. We're talking about college football specifically. The NCAA seems to work pretty well when it comes to college basketball. Yeah. But I don't see NCAA anywhere when it comes to college football. Can you just walk me through why that's the case? Why it's MIA in college football? Well, I think as far as NCAA goes, they can't only expenses. They run. They run the NCAA tournament. They run that. So, so that the NCAA has far greater ownership and influence with regard to basketball and, frankly, other sports than they do football. The reason why they don't have football is because once the NIL came up, they really divorced themselves. But even before the NIL. No, because of the money. Right. It's all because of the money. Mm-hmm. So uh, years the numbers ago, are just so much bigger uh, for football. Just walk us through that. So the I, I referenced a minute ago 
how much money that the Big Ten is looking at with regard to that. Then on top of that, you've got you've got college football playoffs, yeah. which is a tremendous amount of money as well. Which is its own so, big which thing. Which is its yeah. own thing, but that's that's that that that's owned by football. Yeah, that's all. That's all. That's owned NCAA by NCAA is nowhere to be found there. So so if if the NCAA is not going to operate, in other words, they got to make a decision, and they make a decision. You know, we'd love to do that for the Power Five schools, but that's not in the best interest of, of girls tennis. Well, that's not in the best interest of, of track. Well, that's not in the best interest of college football. Right. So college football, I think, and, and frankly, because of the amount of money they have, because of the power they have, because of the, the audience that they have, you know, they, don't need, the shots. They, they don't need a governing body that's going to tell them what to do. They need a governing body that's going to have their best interest at heart. The only key thing to that governing body, whoever they hire, has to have autonomy to make the decisions they believe are the right ones. And that the members, the, the football programs, have to abide by that. And that's and where Jamie is saying it's going to be But problematic. if they don't, if they yeah. don't, the whole thing goes out the window. Right, of course. Of now course. it's chaos. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Well, now here's here's the issue, right? So what we're talking about here is money, the revenues, the dollar amounts, right? Which is obviously the business and business of sports. But let's talk about the sports a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, I mean, truthfully, at the end of the day, what's happening in in football, as I understand it, is the concept of a commitment has been thrown out the door. I mean, if you look at what these coaches are making, and but these buyout clauses, there's no financial risk on them if they choose to leave. If you so look at the players. What does that mean in, in actuality? That yeah. means a football coach can get a lot of money, and we know that they do, and then they can just run off and go to another build school. A, build a program, it. get it to a, a, a cruising altitude, and then cut out. I mean, I don't want to name names, but I mean, like, it's also the players, right? The players can be at a institution, be given that opportunity. You're a quarterback, you're an up-and-coming, Alabama comes calling your junior year and you're out. I mean, what does that do to that program, right? So, you know, it's really, um, I wonder if you could talk to us, Joe, a little bit more about that, about the concept of commitment in today's day and age in college in college football. I think if, if you have children, do you have children? Yes. Of course. Okay, so. <laughs> They're not uh, playing college football, though. No, no. <laughs> Nothing no, like no, that. That's okay. But when, when <laughs> we raise our kids, most parents, when we raise our kids, we make a very, very big deal about how critical just the concept of commitment is. Yes. You make a commitment, it's your word, you live by it. We expect you to live by that. We expect you as you get old to continue to live by that. You make commitments to other people. A commitment is, is sacrosanct. Now, college football, or college athletics, but specifically we're talking about college football now. College football, if they recruit a high school talent and they offer that kid a scholarship, and that kid says, I will commit to your school. Mm-hmm. It's a commitment. Mm-hmm. However, that kid can decommit any time he or she wants to up until the time they sign National Letter of Intent. Right. Now, I find that one of the biggest embarrassments yeah. that college athletics the whole can possibly sit at the table right. in, the, so, in the gymnasium. Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, all of a sudden now, that kid who decommitted, who committed originally over here, decommits, says you're going to go to your place, decommits, says you're going to come here. So there are no and, implications uh, whatsoever no, for them. No, no consequences. He shows up now, or she shows up, and now the coach is asking him for what? Oh, a major commitment. You got to give it 100%, 100% of the time. You got to make sure you're staying up with classes. You, you got so so this idea of the the commitment concept 
which to me is so critical and so important. When it comes to college athletics, it's irrelevant. Doesn't now, exist. That's a joke. Mm-hmm. That's a joke, a total joke to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so number one, that that's where you're beginning. So commitments don't really matter. Right, now, feeding let, into the NCAA's credibility crisis. Right, so now, okay, so that's coming in the door. Now, to get to the NIL, we'll talk about what happens when they transfer. But before that, why don't we jump to the contracts? Right. All right, so the NFL or uh, business, uh, if, if you've got a contract in the NFL, it's a contract. The yeah. contract is binding. They're staying put. Right? Yeah. If, you, yeah, if I'm there for five years, I'm there for five years. Mm-hmm. Now, you can fire me, but then you got to pay me out. Uh, you can extend it if you want to, uh, or you can let, let it come to an end and I become a free agent. But the contract is binding. Business world, binding. NFL, binding. NBA, binding. College athletics. They have this thing called a buyout. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not a service pack. No, it's a buyout. So a coach, for example, and the agents are doing everything they possibly can to make sure their buyout is as minimal as possible. But you have the haves and haves not. So within FBS, you've got 10 conferences. You've got five power, five schools that have a ton of money. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you got the other fives that have a little bit of money, but nowhere in comparison. Mm-hmm. So an, a, a power five school can come in and take... A, a, a coach is doing really well at another school but not making nearly as much money literally pay him five to six times as much and pay a minimal buyout that is irrelevant with the amount of money that the power five schools have so the coaches gets up and leaves and the agents are making money on that as well the so agents they're incentivized are the, ones, the agents right. are making a boatload of money yep. on this yep. Yep. and with regards to just negotiating contracts the agents do this all the time they do this several, many 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 times in the span of a year an athletic director probably does one big contract maybe once or twice every four or five years, right? So there, there's no comparison here in terms of the expertise, in terms of, what, in terms of what's going on. Why are the so, schools not incentivized to do anything about this? Why are the leagues not incentivized to do anything about this? Because the school that has the most money, the Power Five schools, and they benefit yeah. from not having a buyout, and they can look at, wow, that's a great coach. You know that coach, Coach Carolina? Oh, we have great the money, coach. we can pay them. <laughs> you know, we're, gonna, we're paying whatever you want to. And I said, well, hold it. You know, that's not even ethical. Well, but that's not in our best interest. Right. So go back to what we said a little while ago with regard to Baker. If it's not in their best, if it's not in the Power Five's best interest, they're not going to do it. So we should acknowledge that. Now, I think without question, if there were some things that college athletics, football, or NCAA in general should do, should do is number one, if you have a contract, it's a binding contract. That's it. It's binding. And then all this goes, you don't even have buyouts. It's a binding kind. It goes away. Now, everybody's supposed to treat others, frankly, with dignity and respect. So use that example now. We just mentioned, I think, think uh, 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 Scarlett, you had mentioned uh, that, you know, you could decimate, oh, Damien, maybe it was you, but you could decimate a program. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So we just lost our coach, for example. He went for a lot, lot more some money yeah. someplace else. And uh, I love the guy. I hired him. He was my offensive coordinator. I, I had him succeed me. I wrote his contract up. Uh, but... He's able to leave with, able to leave for a lot yeah, more money, yeah. and we don't get much out of that as a school. So, with all the money he's got, he can take anybody he wants on the staff. He can take whatever he wants an interns, analysts, uh, graduate assistants, analysts, interns, graduate assistants. He can, uh, uh, he can come after our players which I have a little bit of an issue with that, but he can do that. And most of these schools have NIL money that they can take advantage of that we don't necessarily have. So Joe, let me just jump right in here. So so the solution, like to me, it seems fairly obvious, right? I mean, it seems that collegiate athletics are basically heading down a model where you're going to actually have to cut a salary to players. And and it's going to be like bank. It's going to be like financial markets, Scarlett, in the sense that, hey, you know, if you're a great trader, you're a star trader, and you want to up and leave, 
You, you know, you got to sit out for a year. I mean, that used to be the case, right? That and, upends and so, college well, athletics completely. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's crazy, right? I mean, now we're not talking about academic, which, right? Exactly. We're You're pro- talking about pro- hired employees. Yeah, yeah. Staff, paid staff, without question. And that, and that, to me, seems where it's heading at this point. I'm on, I mean, Joe, what do you think there, Damien? I think it's already there. Yeah. Uh, so the NIL, there are no rules with the NIL. The only rule the NCAA has, which is ridiculous, is that you know money can't come from the school, and the coaches can't even like go out and solicit the money. But they don't need to. Anybody, they don't have to do that. They don't have to do that. And there's going to be communication between the coach and the collective or the business groups anyway. Uh, But but right now, without question, Mm -hmm. college athletes that have any reasonable amount of talent at all or uh, are attractive to a particular program, they're going to get paid, and they're going to get paid a lot of money. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Let me just jump in for a minute, a moment because we have a very fired up coach, Joe Moglia. He is the former head football coach at Coastal Carolina <laughs> University. And of course, he's also the former chairman of the board and CEO of TD Ameritrade. And Damien, uh, coach Joe Moglia is currently chair of athletics at Coastal Carolina and executive advisor to the president there. So, Joe, I mean, my question for you here is, you know, you hear about these NIL, NIL deals that are getting done, you know, I mean, how solid are those deals? Are they like a handshake deal before a player commits? Is something in writing? I mean, just how, I mean, have they been tested yet or contested in a court of law yet? I mean, have there been any NIL deals where a player thought he was signing up for one thing and got something else? I mean, where are we with that? I think all this, like in any contract, is the fine print. And you're talking about either high school kids or young kids, 20, 21 years old. With no advisors. You know, who's listening to their agent. The agents are making mm-hmm. money here. Okay. Okay. Agents who obviously has an attorney, et cetera, et cetera. But it's still the small print. So you can come in and talk about all this, all, all of what you might be able to collect. But at the end of the day, you didn't read paragraphs two and paragraphs three. <laughs> so we don't know that yet. Right, but the I think rules are being made up as right, we speak. That, that's correct. So, uh, but I think over time, when some of those are challenged, what's going to happen is in the future, an NIL contract is going to have to be a pretty solid contract. And it's got to be simple enough, frankly, so everybody understands it. And the biggest issue right now that I've got with the, with the NIL contracts is they're not transparent. Right. So people don't necessarily, schools don't necessarily want to say that, you know, I'm really giving this guy $4 million. But right. I'm just Talk to us about that. Talk to us about that transparency and how important that is and what, what we can do, what, what the system needs to do in order to give that kind of, you know, to bring that credibility back to the process. You need to have an independent governing body that makes decisions along the lines of what they believe is the best interest of, of the sport and the individuals. And that begins with, that that literally would begin with a contract that is legitimate and transparent. So everybody can see right. what's going on. Right now, it's a secret. It's going on behind people's backs. Who's the, ter- who's the person or institution that would bless that? Does that come from the NCAA? Does that come from no, the, the schools deciding? No, the NCAA is out of this. Right. NCAA's Does that come from got. the schools deciding that? The, the Power Five schools or the smaller schools that aren't well, part of the Power I, Five? I think you begin with the FBS, but you really focus on the Power Five schools. And the FBS, for example, can 
decide maybe which schools they really want to be the Power Five schools. Right. But the Power Five school, the college football, let's just call it college football. Yeah. College football then needs to make a decision. Are we going to break away from the NCAA? If we are, don't we need a governing body? There are all That's these existential questions us. in order to solve this. Right. Yeah, but the, the, the simple business question and the reality of what's happened with the NIL and the lack of leadership from the NCAA is, I believe, without question, this is going to happen. Right. This is going to happen. Now, if it's going to happen, you have to have a governing body. If they have a governing body that doesn't have any authority, well, you're going to have chaos within well, Joe, college Is this going to happen in one year or in five years? I, I mean, think it should happen tomorrow. <laughs> But it might take five years. Mm. Well, Joe, we Joe, Joe t- let's know. take a step back here because if you're propo- let's say everything you propose comes to fruition and the uh, you know the Big Five break away, they have their own governing body. They're doing what's in the best interest of the Big Five football. Big, but and Big F- NIL yes. is bigger than college football. NIL is college basketball, which will now yes. be governed by the NCAA. It is a host of other sports, and it's now we're talking about different tennis, different deals, different like who's going to gut. Like, there's no overall rule. I mean, like, so I guess my question for you is. NIL is bigger than just football. How did we now bring all of these different sports, different schools, different parties together to come up with some universal means through which to kind of engage with student athletes and get them, you know, their On NIL board. rights and their and their deals done? Do you see what I'm saying here? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah, yeah. it becomes yeah. it becomes really really messy as, as if the NCAA loses control here. No, the NCAA Damon's already given yeah. up control. Yeah. They have no control. Okay, this is chaos. This is the Wild Wild West now. Any collective can do what they want in terms of offering kids money. Right. Like, I'm told from pretty good sources, the number one quarterback, uh, 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 high school recruit this year, was promised $5 million right. to be able to go wherever he's going. Right. That's an 18-year-old kid. He's not even finished his senior year yet. Right. So, the, um, uh, so, so, I mean, at the end of the day, the NCAA doesn't have any control. And the NCAA has so stepped to the sideline on yeah. this, the NIL is going to be allowed to handle, go on as it is. What football would have an opportunity to do with a governing body would come in and say, try to provide some rules and guidelines with regard, at least provide transparency with the NIL, uh, whatever else you might be able to put together that you think winds up as everybody's in in their best interest. uh, And then everybody abides by that. But that's within college football. I mean, I agree with you. I think you're absolutely right that we need to get some sort of, you know, governing ruling body, something at the top where this is all spelled out and there's transparency and everything. I think just, you know, where I have some... that that governing body, by the way? (laughs) No. 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 I don't think anybody wants that job. No. Now, I think with regard to, to the... Uh, to, to a Power Five governing body, you know, I, I don't know if I would have the energy for the politics the and the baloney that's got to go through that. <laughs> okay, that's but, a different but story. But I would be more open to that. I'd be open to that if I truly was going to be the CEO and people were going to listen to what my thought. I had real. If I had real authority. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be an interesting job. If he I had nodded. real authority. Let the record show yeah. he nodded. Yeah, right, exactly. No, I said I'd be interested in that yeah, job yeah. if no, I had real yeah. authority. He nodded as he said I'd be interested. And the record shows <laughs> if I had real authority. Right, right, right. Yes. So I, got, I, I got another question for you here. I mean, you know, you're, you know, put your TD Ameritrade, put your business hat back on. You know, you've seen students coming out of college, coming, uh, coming, you know, entering, you know, the sports world, the professional sports world for the better part of the last however many years. How different is today's you know, rising, aspiring professional athlete coming out of university relative to just five or ten years ago. Are they smarter? Are they more with it? I mean, are their advisors better? Are they are they 
more accountable? Are they less accountable? Just curious to hear your thoughts there, generally speaking. Well, I think the biggest thing that's happened over the span of the last few years is simply the amount of money in yeah. the NIL piece now. Yeah, yeah. So for, for there are some some cases where, probably not football, but in other sports, where an NIL package could be big enough that you'd rather not be you know one of the lower rounds in baseball, the draft of baseball, for example. So in term, I think in terms of accountability, without NCAA real authority, or real respect, or real influence, I think you'd have to say less accountable today than what they would have been five years ago. Because five years ago, at least people believed that the NCAA really truly had the best interest of, of the student athlete and the mm -hmm. institutions at heart. Based on the fact that they walked away from the whole NIL thing suggests that they didn't. Now, that could possibly be one person's responsibility, i.e. Emmert, but that doesn't make sense to me right. either because that had to be, he had to have an executive committee work with him and he had to have a board approve that. So those are major, major issues for me. So I think today, Damien, relative to where we were, it's it's less accountable today than yeah. what it was. If you go back to a second for the governing body for football, remember too, they would address everything. They'd, they'd address recruiting. For example, that idea of commitment, Mm -hmm. If you offer a kid a scholarship, he's got 72 hours to make a decision. If he makes a decision in 72 hours, you've Binding. got to sign him. It's over. It's Binding. done. That's yeah. solved. Yeah. It's solved. I bring back the transfer rule, for mm -hmm. example. So at least now you have to consider whether or not you're going to go someplace else. Right. I would eliminate buyouts and I would have, have contracts that are binding. That's low-hanging fruit that a governing body should be able to do quickly. Yeah. Uh, where did we go? How did we go wrong with that transfer rule? When did they pull that? What was the argument against having the transfer rule? Right, because if I'm not mistaken, you know, students had to sit out for a year, right? Yes, that's correct. And so when did that end again? I mean, remind me. Basically, when did this become the Wild West? Yeah, <laughs> it came six weeks after the NIL was announced. Within about six weeks, the in its wisdom, the NCAA said. We are going to drop the transfer rule. They scrapped rule. the transfer rule, yeah, yeah. So now, so now you have unlimited money with no guidelines, and you don't have to sit out a year, and we have a portal. Now, I thought the portal was, was, was a good idea. The portal came six, seven years ago. Now, college coaches had so much authority, most of us didn't like the portal. I actually thought it was fair. If the kid doesn't want to be here, it's fair. He should be able to go someplace else or at least be recruited. It's the right thing for the kid and the student athlete. But he's got to sit out a year. So mm -hmm. if you're going to recruit him, you've got to think about it. There's a price. If he's, there's a price, right. And there should be cost to important decisions like that. They, they shouldn't be do whatever you feel like. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I, I believed in that. Now, you've got... Two years ago, you still got the portal, but elimination of transfer rule. There are thousands and thousands of people on the on the portal that can that they, they can go to the highest bidder and go right away. So you're saying, Coach Joe Moglia, that the NCAA created this problem for itself when it did that. Hundred percent. At, at each step of the way, it dropped the ball on accountability and kind of threw its hands up in the air and said, "Ah, do it, do with it what you will." Hundred percent. That's not a maybe, mm -hmm. in my opinion. That's not even a maybe. Again, do you accept the fact that the NIL thing is most significant? So does happened? Charlie Baker move the needle here at all on NIL? What What is the best way for him to move the needle on NIL and, and tackling some of this? Well, he can do some of the things that we just suggested. For example, there's no, again, if I'm he, I'm going to get I'm going to get rid of the power five. I'm him. going to act like I'm negotiating. Now, if he does that, first of all, he gets rid of his biggest headache. Secondly, this is smart politics. It's smart leadership too, I think. But then he's got the NCAA left. And now that should enhance his credibility within the NCAA, so at least he has now more authority. People are going to listen to him, mm -hmm. non-football. So I think that's a good step in the right direction. Just like, okay, my, my, my domain does not include football anymore. Right. We're talking about basketball and right. all the other sports. Right. But if he's acting like he's the leader in this, that gives him some credibility. He's doing what he yeah. thinks is the right thing, even though it may not be in his personal best interest. What Number do you think one, are the odds that he'll, he'll just let football go? It's going to happen. 
Scarlett's what are the odds do you happen? think that he will let it go, though? I think if somebody sits down, and, first of all, he's governor of Massachusetts. He's just, he's a good, solid politician. Uh-huh. If he sees the writing on the wall, and if he doesn't see the writing on the wall, he better That's wake a up. Problem. Right, right. He better wake up, right? So I'm sure he sees the writing on the wall. I can't believe he's not going to take the bull by the and say, you know what? Let me help with this. It's the right thing, college athlete. Let me let me help with this. Mm-hmm. And he acts like he's sacrificing something for the better interest of the whole to give him a little, little more, more leeway That's over here. That's how he frames it. Joe, I am he, Molia. He is the former CEO <laughs> and chairman of TD Ameritrade, chairman of Fundamental Global Investors and Capital Wealth Advisors, and chair of athletics and executive advisor to the president at Coastal Carolina University. But Joe is also a native New Yorker. So, Joe, I have to ask the question. You're a Giants fan? You're a Jets fan? I'm a Giants fan. You're a Giants fan. A so Yankee what do we fan. think about Daniel fan. Jones, about that contract for Daniel Jones? What do we think about Saquon Barkley getting the tag? What do we think about the Giants' chances this year? Well, you know, the, the I, I spend so much time trying to answer questions like you two are peppering me with. I don't have a time to really pay that much attention <laughs> oh, to what's going on. I really don't pay attention to it that much. But I, I think at the end of the day, I think, you know, the Giants have been struggling for a little for a while now. And they need to be able to make, what are the, I actually know John Marriott. you got to be able to make the decision you believe in the right. right decision now i don't know enough of i just i think i'm i'm you pretty much agree i'm not afraid being, to give you my yeah, opinion yeah so i i really don't know enough to be able to have an educated opinion on that right right so big blue you know i we'll see we'll see no, it's, 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 it's just good enough right what they should have done a few years ago was bring me in as coach that's what they should have done. <laughs> there you go. Coach Joe Moglia, thank you so much for joining us. Coach Joe Moglia is a uh, former head football coach at Coastal Carolina University. Currently, of course, he has a big role there as well. He's chair of athletics at the school and executive advisor to the president. Our audience, as uh, Damien mentioned, probably knows him as a former chairman of the board and CEO of TD Ameritrade. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Scarlett Fu here with Damien Sassauer. Catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday where we explore the world of money and sports, and we certainly hit on both of those ideas today. Also find me on Twitter at Scarlett Fu. And you can catch me on Twitter at D Sassauer. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.